Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hello, ladies and any gentlemen who might happen to be eavesdropping. My name is Jessica Campbell, and I'm the Women's Ministry Director at Calvary Mac in McMinnville, Oregon. This is being recorded in April of 2020, about one month into pandemic life. Like many of you, I'm doing my best to adjust my life and work and ministry. And this new podcast is a direct result of our new normal, social distancing. Let me start by saying that um, I have never hosted a podcast before, so I appreciate your grace as listeners, as my team and I do our best to put this together for you. Generally speaking, this is simply a podcast where real women can share real stories. This podcast comes from the Story Night Ministry, which we have at Calvary Mac, but which started in Santa Barbara, California. So to help me explain how Story Night got started and why it's important, my first guest is Bonnie, and she was my amazing mentor and the pastor of women's ministries in Santa Barbara. So Bonnie, welcome to our very first episode. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I, I just, I love this so much, and I get to see your face. Our listeners obviously don't get to, but it's so good to see you. <laughs> So, Bonnie, um, will you start us out by just explaining what Story Night is and when it started? Well, you you primed me by telling me that you might ask me when it started, and I literally have racked my brain and cannot remember when it started. <laughs> I think it was about 2007, maybe? I don't know. Um, when I started as a women's pastor at Santa Barbara Community Church, I wanted it to, I, I wanted to have something that expanded beyond the women's Bible studies that I was already planning on doing. Uh, we had a group called The Gathering, and it was a collective of different women's Bible studies. And I had that all up and running uh, twice a week for two different groups. But I really wanted to have um, something that was kind of more of a one-off event. And I came up with the idea of story night because I felt like in a lot of more traditional churches, all the role models were men. And that there are many women's role models to look to that had stories to tell. And I really wanted to give them a platform. And I really feel like in sort of this age of social media where we're super connected, but kind of a little more isolated relationally, this would give women an opportunity to hear some stories that maybe didn't show up on someone's Instagram feed or, you know, was just a little more real life. I think women used to have these outlets back, you know, in the old days, you know, women worked together. Um, whether they were really old days, they were taking their wash down to the river or whatever, or doing quilts, there was time to talk to each other. And now, you know, we're busy working and juggling kids. And so I wanted to just have an opportunity to bring different generations together and have it be something that wasn't so loaded with Christian ease, mm-hmm. you know, and by that, I mean just a language that we tend to use and become familiarized with that doesn't mean anything to other people. So I wanted 
any speaker to be really sensitized to that because I wanted it to be a safe and friendly place to bring non-Christian or unchurched friends. And lastly, I did it because moving on from women's ministry, I was pastor of leadership development in our church and leadership development, especially among women is very, very important to me. And a lot of women won't sign up to be a Bible study leader because they feel themselves unqualified. But for one-time events, I, I felt like so much leadership came to the surface because people were happy to volunteer for one thing one night. Yet, it opened a lot of conversations for me to come alongside them and say, hey, I see this in you, and this would be a, a really sweet thing if you would be willing to share your gifts in this way. So that was my plan in beginning it. What happened next were some of the surprises, not, you know, not like shocking surprises, but surprises of what God had in mind for story night that maybe I hadn't. I'd underestimated the yearning that women have to know that they're going to be okay, that their situation isn't shameful because they're doing something wrong. I, I just became very aware that we needed models for suffering. We needed models for being imperfect. We needed models that told us that not everything ended with a bow wrapped at the end, that this wasn't about living the victorious Christian life. This was about God meeting us in the middle of hard things. And honestly, I think that's maybe been one of the bigger gifts yeah, tell me a little more about the the Santa Barbara story night, and then I'll kind of explain how it ended up in Oregon after that. Yeah, like what do you want to know? Like, so, I mean, you've been doing this, or it's been a part of the church in Santa Barbara for a long time. Mm-hmm. Has it been exactly the same each time? Has it changed year by year? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I was always trying to change it up just a little bit. One time I had uh, these three Ukrainian sisters who had, you know, there were the, five they, of them, right? Oh, you're right. There were five. Yeah. There were three sisters and two sisters in law. That's what it was. No, it was a Four one sisters and one sister in law. That was, was one of my favorites. Ukrainian women. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, you know, they all go to, they, all of them except for one who lived down south went to our church. But they all, oh my gosh, have the most beautiful voices. They told stories of escaping some really hard persecution in the Ukraine. Just how they came out of that, how they, um, sorry for the dinging, my texting is going off. But they sang to us and it was just beautiful. We had one night where we had, um, usually it was a single woman telling her story, but I'm thinking of the exceptions. And one night we had um, sort of a Q&A with four or five different women from different decades of life. And uh, people wrote in questions in advance, everything from dating, marriage, and sex to juggling a job and children to, I mean, it was really it was really fun. But yeah, we've we've had all different kinds of stories. This super dramatic and we've had the the ones that are just quiet, beautiful stories. And they often surprise the listeners. I just remember being at the story night listening to the five Ukrainian sisters and knowing of them, 
at mm. our within our church family, but not knowing them personally. And every one of them looked like she could have walked off the cover of a magazine mm-hmm. in her appearance and and just natural beauty and clothing and the and the whole shebang. And you hear the story of family suffering and persecution and and your jaws on the ground thinking I would have never ever known mm-hmm. that these women had that story right and it was such a special ministry such a special event I remember being part of the church and hearing about it but just sort of thinking mm, that sounds nice that's I don't know. I don't know if it was because I thought maybe it was something for women who were maybe a little bit older than me or just more involved with the church than I was at the time, that it just never really crossed my mind to show up to one of these events. And finally, enough people had spoken so highly of it that I invited a couple friends and decided to go and sat there listening to this woman share her story and thought, oh my gosh, so many elements of her story I related to. I had that me too moment and yeah. thought how ridiculous it was that I hadn't been to every single one before. And thankfully, many of them had been recorded. So I went back and binge listened to them all one night while cooking dinner and <laughs> just kept going and going and going. I never missed one after that. And then uh, we made the decision to move and we left California and we ended up in Oregon. And one of the things that I was going to miss the most was story night. Mm-hmm. So the first one I missed, I had a friend FaceTime me in and I kind of sat there on her phone at her table to watch watch the speaker. But after that, I was sharing about story night with uh, my new friends and the pastor of the church that I had started attending and his wife. And um, this was this was Calvary Max. This was Pastor Brian and, and his wife, Becca, for our listeners who um, know them. And they both really liked the idea of Story Night and kind of tossed it right back at me to put it together and try one in McMinnville that they'd be happy to host it. And so we we did. And I'm very grateful to you, Bonnie, for walking me through that because I had only ever attended Story Nights. I had never been a part of any of the planning or behind the scenes. And thankfully, we lost you too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'll I'll come back. I'll I'll do story nights all the time. I love them. (laughs) But yeah, we got a couple of women on board for the first year for 2019. And we put two of them on the first one, we had about 100 women, the second one, we had about 150 women. And just a few months ago, we had our third one that had just about 200 women. Uh, So it's steadily growing. And the event itself, for anybody who's listening who has never attended a live story night, uh, both in Santa Barbara and in McMinnville, they generally include appetizers and desserts and uh, a greeting committee and beautiful tables for women to all sit around and uh, lots of lots of fellowship lots of time to get to know each other some prizes and some live entertainment some some live music and then one woman uh, one woman sharing her story with some pictures on kind of a slideshow to illustrate as she goes along and it's it's a very simple format, but so needed and so powerful. And since we can't gather right now in groups of, you know, 100, 200, 300 women, we're sort of simplifying it and, and 
planning to bring it into a podcast form. So we won't have really the the food and the tables and greeters and music and all of that, but we will still have the stories. So on that note, uh, I wanted to ask you, Bonnie, a little bit about your story. But before I do, uh, before I kind of go into asking anything about your past, I just wanted to ask about your present right now in pandemic life. This is one thing we want to do with with each guest is to just ask, um, how are you doing? How has your life been affected? Uh, are you struggling with anything? Have you found any unexpected blessings with the new normal? So mm -hmm. yeah, how are you right now? Well, I'm an extrovert. So you can sort of fill in the blank. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I have to say, I, th I feel like with this whole pandemic, everybody's dealing with either some seismic changes, like you're a mom and your kids are all of a sudden at home and all of a sudden you're homeschooling and, or you're out of work. And, but I think for all of us, it's also sort of amplifies what's already going on in your life. And I think for me, I am in this semi-recent post-retirement season where I'd already started slowing some things down. And so it's actually been kind of sweet for me. I've actually really enjoyed having fewer things on my calendar and I've enjoyed going like more in depth with people. I think people are a little more willing to do that. We have one of our sons and his wife is uh, living here. So I feel like I'm cooking a lot actually. I don't know if that's, I'm enjoying that or I'm not enjoying that. I can't decide yet. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> but you know what? They're enjoying it. Um, well, good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm walking a ton. I mean, at the end of this, I've, I've got a theory that everybody's going to be in a heck of a lot better shape or they will have gained 15 pounds or like their yards <laughs> will look perfect and their closets will be organized or everything just falls apart. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> So many options. So many options. <laughs> so yeah. many options. I love it. I think I think I'm doing our, fine. Oh, I'm glad. I am very, very glad to hear that. I know that the changes of life and work uh, right now have really affected so many people in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. So it it is nice to hear of stories that aren't dealing with just a whole lot of suffering right now, that, that things are okay. Um, so we've kind of talked about what story night is, how it got to be where it's where it is now, why we're starting this whole podcast in the first place, and how you're doing right now. But you have a story. And as the founder of story night and and the first guest here, I wanted to ask you to share your story. And I know, I mean, all of our live stories really would take hours upon hours upon hours if we really told every single detail of every single chapter. But from parts of your childhood to how you ended up in Santa Barbara and how you ended up in ministry and how you found your husband and would love to just kind of dive a little deeper into your story beyond what somebody might know just by a social media page or by meeting you for a couple minutes. Um, so I'd love to invite for invite you to share your story with us. Sure. It's, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give the, the uh, SparkNotes version for sure. Yeah, I, uh, I think the formative things in my life were that as a kid, we moved around a lot. And, um, and here it is, it's Texas, Missouri, Kansas, Texas, New Jersey, New Jersey, California, California. <laughs> I am just so amazed. I've heard you do that before, but that's like impressive. 
Yeah, the end. That's that's my story. <laughs> so, well, but part of it was that this may seem like a silly thing, but it it kind of had an impact on me as a kid. We always moved from a place that had a really strong accent to another place that had a equally strong but different accent. And so I I remember trying, trying, trying always to shake the last accent and pick up the new one as soon as possible. <laughs> you know, so we arrive in New Jersey from Texas and it's like, hi, y'all, won't be my friend. And from New Jersey to California, it was like, yo, you know, you guys want to be my friend? You know, <laughs> so bad. And so I was always trying to shake. I just wanted to fit in. And I was this little extrovert kid that uh, was probably kind of lonely because I was always felt like on the outside sort of looking in. And But I think what it did for me, you know, God uses all these little silly things in our lives. But what it did for me is it. Uh, made me really curious about people. It made me really compassionate towards the outsider, um, always. And I think it just has given me, I have great value for relationships. So it's nothing I take for granted. Um, Another formative thing, other than moving around, was that I didn't have a very good relationship with my mom she has a personality disorder, and any one of you out there that uh, has a parent that has a personality disorder, you you know how crazy making that can be. And so I lived my whole uh, my whole upbringing. I always felt like it was my fault if I only tried harder, if I only was a better daughter. So my whole life was striving, striving to be this person that wasn't really me because I thought maybe if she didn't love me, she must, she, she would love this other person if I could just figure out how to become her. So there was that. And then I think the third formative thing, which is the center and the springboard for the rest of my life is um, just discovering faith in God. I remember the verses out of Romans two, that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance that had such an impact on me. Like he was kind and he loved me and I didn't have to clean up my act before he loved me. He just loved me. That was like amazing news coming from the home that I came from. So I, you know, my parents were going to a, a, an Episcopal church and, you know, it was kind of, I'm not even going to go into the details, but it was maybe the most dysfunctional church ever in the history of the universe. But that's where we went and I didn't know any better, but there was all kinds of scandal and crazy things that were going on there. So I never, my faith had no place to really sink roots. So I finished out high school and then I went to Westmont in Santa Barbara because I had a friend ahead of me went to Westmont and it was really beautiful. And that was about my only criteria. (laughs) And ironically, Westmont being a Christian college, it's where I almost chucked my faith. I just, I went through a season where I just was mad at God for, I don't know, I don't even remember what I was mad at him for, but I just went through this full-scale rebellion and it lasted until I was about 24. And, you know... I think what that season did, because I I partied hard, I did stupid things, I did regrettable things, and 
I think the way God has used that has been that I have a lot of compassion for people who just sort of get off into the weeds in their lives. You know, maybe it's something that happened to them that wounded them, or maybe it's just some dumb decision they made on their own. But I really have compassion for for people that just get a little bit messed up and lost. When I was about 24, I had a true come to Jesus moment. And uh, just, I'm not going to go into detail, but just really turned my life around, began going to church more regularly, uh, got into some regular fellowship, just, yeah. So that, that just actually, my life was different from that point on, age 24 on. It was like a little death and rebirth and living new life. So in there, I met my husband, Todd. We've been married for 35 years. And we have three grown sons and two daughters-in-law. We have a dog named Otis. We have a good life. And um, yeah, but it's still, there are hard things. We've had hard things with our kids. We've, life isn't perfect, and, um, but God meets us in the middle of it all. So that's my, I never told you anything about ministry or anything. I don't, I don't know if you want to know that, but yeah. Yes, how I, you got, how did you get? to that part of your career and faith life? Yeah, so I was a pastor at Santa Barbara Community Church for about 12 years, and um, I was in leadership there uh, as an elder for, believe it or not, 18 years. Um, with a, There was a break in the middle. I served 12 years. I was off for four, then on for another six. So uh, in our church, being an elder is, uh, we're an elder-led church, so... I served in that capacity, and then I was on staff for 12 years. So I have actually been at the same church since I was in college, believe it or not. And that is a very humbling thing now that you know my story, because some people remember me when I was that rebellious, like, you know. So, yeah, that's humbling. It's been, you know, it's also where I've matured and grown. It's where I've been hurt and where I've been healed. It's been a lot of things. It's like any family. It really is. And I think within the ministry as a whole, when I kind of zoom in and talk about the story night ministry, I've used that analogy a lot. We have a story night family. We have the the speakers and the guests and the friends and the people who help in so many ways behind the scenes. It's kind of this this little family we formed. And hopefully the more and more we grow and the more we're a part of the family, all the women start to sort of see behind the curtain, Mm -hmm. if you will, and it kind of breaks down what we, maybe what our first impressions are, because I I think that's something that happens so often with everybody, but women in particular, we we come across other women and often either make kind of a, a snap judgment about them and maybe by the way they're dressed or what they're doing or the kind of language they're using or what we see on social media have an opinion about those women or kind of on the other side think, oh my gosh, she's got everything. She is stunning. She dresses right. She's got the perfect husband. She's got the perfect kid. She's got the perfect house. She's the the Pinterest queen. She's, you know, whatever, fill in the blank that you sort of feel inferior to and enter all those lovely self-esteem issues that I think many of us have in some way, shape or form from some chapter of our life. 
we can really easily write somebody else's story in our mind without realizing that we're doing it. I do that all the time without meaning to, but it's easy to to think that. And whatever your your thing is that you're struggling with or you're feeling insecure about, it's really easy to look around and think that everybody else has that part better than you or figured out or ironed out or, or whatever. And I think Story Night at its core addresses that and you get to see the real story of the real woman. So given the conversation we've been having about how Story Night started, where it is now, a little bit about your story. I mean, why even do this? Is it is it important? Why should women consider sharing their stories? I, I imagine that if your experience as the women's, um, or excuse me, as the Story Night leader has been anything like my very limited experience so far is you often hear women say, well, I don't have a story. You know, I, I'll speak to that because everyone has a story. Everyone, everyone, everyone has a story. If you didn't, if you were to say to, let's say you're not speaking to Jessica, you're speaking to God and you said, yeah, I don't have a story. That's kind of a slap in God's face. <laughs> you have a story. But that said, not everybody is meant to share their story. If, you know, uh, people that are super shy or introverted, you know, maybe it's just too much. And, you know, uh, so I, I never feel like just because you have a story means you need to tell it. Also, there are some chapters in our lives that aren't ready to be shared. So some things, it's, it's like uh, allowing something to age or ferment. You know, you have to let God work on you in certain areas before you're ready to share it. Um, and, and that's, you know, who knows what that is in your lives. But I, I would say to people who are thinking of the possibility of possibly sharing their story on Story Night, that it will bless you as a speaker much more than the audience. It really will. And I'm not saying it's not going to bless the audience. I'm just saying that to go back over our life and to ask God, what are the themes where you've shown up again and again? Because this isn't a chronology. That's not a story. A story is thematic. A story is picking up on the themes that we see again and get again and again that God is working in our lives. So to be able to look back and contemplate those is such an exercise in gratitude. So there's that. And also, you know, I think the key to a successful, a successful storytelling is authenticity and humility. You know, this is uh, messy is relatable and victorious, maybe not so much. Um, people yearn to know that God will meet them in the middle of whatever's going on in their lives. I have shared this story before, but we had one story night speaker, and this will be my last point, that, that part of what happens is that God uses is the unexpected. We had a woman sharing her story, and she grew up part of a wealthy family in El Salvador. And I can't remember when, I think this was like, the late 70s, 80s, I, I don't really remember, but 
her village got carpet bombed by the Sandinistas. They lost everything. There wasn't a brick standing on a brick. She and her sister got kidnapped. I mean, it was this very, very <clears throat> dramatic story. And she had told me this story in advance. And so I knew what she was going to say on that night. And then during a Q&A at the end, someone asked her a question and she volunteered that at one point she left her husband, which I didn't even know. And they separated because she just wasn't feeling happy. And she made a comment. She said, here I'd lived in the middle of a war, but the war was always on the outside of me. And now the war was on the inside and it was very dark. Now she hadn't planned on saying that, but at the end of her story, there were women lined up probably 12 to 15 deep waiting to talk to her. And she told me later that almost every one of them was in a marriage that was struggling. So this is how God will, God uses what you offer and he uses the stuff you hadn't planned on saying and you say anyway. So, you know, for those of you that share your story, Share it with open hands, waiting for the Holy Spirit to do something with it. A loaves and fishes thing that maybe you didn't expect. I, and I know that's terrifying, uh, but it's also good. I love that. I think that is such an important point. And it's part of the reason I fell in love with the Story Night ministry and, and just wanted to see it continue on and on. And I've had so many women come up to me saying that they wished we had you know, a story night every month and that that was in every city and every state. And I agree. I think it's fantastic. I love what you started. And I You're appreciate so nice because people said that to me and I'd be like, are you kidding me? It's like putting on a wedding reception. <laughs> There's no way we're doing it more than twice a year. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we decided ours, we've, we've got it set up to do once a quarter. Um, so right. we have one one for each season and hope, hopefully it won't be too long before we can get back yeah. into large so. groups again um, when, it's, when it's safe to do so. Well, I hope to make it up there and see the McMinnville story night happen in person. It's pretty fun. And I appreciate all your help behind the scenes with it. Um, and just taking the time to sort of kick off this this podcast it's new and you know as i'm as we've recorded this today it's just kind of an example of of life in general i mean we're doing this each from our homes um i, I would say that neither one of us is like the tech genius of of podcast recording by mm. any means and you know there are things going on in in the background and um trying to get the right button in the right place and just you know life is is messy sometimes and it's but it's real life that's the whole, the whole point it's real stories from from real women so uh, we hope that this i this concept this podcast um is meaningful and it, it reaches our listeners um and it and it touches you and you know just kind of as we start to wrap up one of the things that was so beautiful to me was how story night has always been hosted within a church building and it's a faith-based ministry and event and yet it's so warm and welcoming and comfortable and accessible to anyone can i speak to that just oh, one second please 
So that was the thing I was most excited about and most motivated by in beginning it was wanting it to have this outreach component and wanting it to be safe. Like maybe three story nights in, I sat at a table and as I got to know the, I sat at a place where I per, I didn't know anyone except for maybe one person. And I was sitting with a Jewish realtor, a lesbian dog groomer, and a Buddhist yoga instructor. They were all brought by friends. And I thought, this is what it's supposed to be. And, you know, and Jessica, you know this, it's like, there's something about going to hear somebody's story that when they talk about Jesus, is not really offensive when it's embedded in their real life and the account of their real life. And so I, I don't know of anybody that's ever been offended by a story night. So I absolutely agree. I, I brought so many people. In fact, you gave me a prize one time for bringing the most guests to a story. <laughs> you brought 14 people who does that. Yeah, maybe 19. It's okay. <laughs> I had, I had a big a big crew. Well, I just, I loved it so much. I, I felt like I could have been the story night spokeswoman at that time of just, not that there was a marketing campaign, but I just thought it was so amazing that I genuinely wanted every woman I knew to show up and, and come with me. And, and yeah, it was something that just felt, and you hit the nail on the head when you said the word safe. There's so many people in our lives and you know they they would never feel comfortable coming to a church retreat or a women's bible study or some of these mm-hmm. things that that I, you and I think are phenomenal and wonderful but we have women in our lives that have no interest in that and wouldn't feel mm-hmm. comfortable but there's something about the way story night is put on that they they do feel comfortable at that and they don't necessarily feel like someone is is preaching at them, mm-hmm. but they're sharing their story. And like you said, it's it's your story in it, and it's so genuine, and it's so authentic, and it's so real, and it's just something that I think we, especially as women, need so much, especially in today's culture, and, and even, I think, more so in the, like, immediate lifestyle that we're in right now. Yeah. So... Um, on behalf of everybody who's ever attended a story night and loved it, thank you for starting it. Oh, that's, man, what a privilege. I mean, it was God's idea. I just sort of was the feet and the hands. <laughs> well, thank you for being his feet and hands. We we appreciate that so much. Um, so I was hoping that you would uh, just kind of close us in prayer uh, just for the women listening for this concept of story night as a whole and for the stories that are going to be shared. Yeah. Happy to. Jesus, we thank you so much um, that you see all of this. God, that you hold this ministry in your hands, that you see each woman um, who may be tuning into this podcast or showing up to church on Sunday or just staying um, at home. Um, Lord, we, we just pray that you would bless each woman with a real sense that you are writing their story and that you are actively, actively, intimately involved in every detail of their lives. 
God, thank you that you are a God of redemption and resurrection and new life. And that when things get hard, you drop purpose out of it. So God, we pray that you would watch over the women of Calvary Mac and beyond, that you would really bless them through this ministry and bless each one as they contemplate the story that you are writing in their lives. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And our next episode is going to be with actually three ladies, uh, with the three women who have spoken at the live story night events that we have had so far in McMinnville at Calvary Mac. And we get a chance to kind of talk with them about their experience as story night speakers and a little bit about why story night has value. And from that point on, all of our episodes will be with one guest with one lady coming to share her story. So we hope you enjoy them. We hope you tune in. Thank you again, Bonnie. And um, good night, y'all. The Story Night Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women. Women.